You're tuned into the Coin Gamma Podcast, and I'm your host, Fritz Charles. This podcast is about the emerging blockchain and cryptocurrency space. We explore topics that discuss how this emerging technology impacts the world economically, politically, and socially. Every episode is jam-packed with the knowledge you need to know how to leverage this new industry. Whether you want to launch a career in it or you want to become a better investor, this is the place to be. Visit us on CoinGamma.com to sign up for our newsletter. We share all the top blockchain news that you need to know. If you're new to the blockchain, we will walk you through everything you need to know in order to become an expert. Sign up for our webinars where we break down a blockchain-related topic in depth. Again, that's CoinGamma.com. You are about to bear witness, my friends, to one of the greatest technological advances in modern history. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Coin Gamma Show. We are very, very... This is a... Uh, episode I'm very excited about. Um, we have an illustrious guest um, who actually shares um, similar cultural background to myself. So for those who don't know, um, you know, I am born to Haitian parents. Um, so, you know, uh, Haitian blood runs in me. And when I even discovered cryptocurrency years ago, um, Haiti was one of the places that I thought about where it could kind of make a huge impact. Um, and it's great that I, I'm able to connect with somebody that knows even more about Haiti than I do and also saw the same vision. Um, we're happy to have da Daniel Silva on our podcast today. Um, he's a principal at Sig Cigna Systems um, based out in DC. They invest, they're a management consulting company that's um, based, that invests in Africa and the Caribbean. Um, he's also the chief operating officer of DMS International, which is also a transformation and information technology company. Um, he's done a lot of other things. I think it's best for him to tell us more about himself than me trying to uh, pick out the best parts of his background just because he has such a great resume. Daniel, thank you for spending time with us this morning. And uh, please fill us in on your background and your story. Thank you, Fritz, for the kind introduction. And um, essentially, my background is academically, I'm a computer science major person. Sure. And over time, I got into business and went into an executive program at Harvard Business School as far as uh, uh, the business aspect or running a business uh, is concerned. Of course. So I have both uh, the computer science and, and the business uh, blend. That's powerful. Software. So I could say throughout my career, it's all been about data management uh, okay. generally. As In fact, uh, my uh, company, DMS International, the DMS stands for Data Management Services. Okay. So for the past 30 years, uh, we've been dealing with data, data sure. management, data security, um, database development, database administration. Okay. So data itself is something that uh, has become part of ourselves. Here. Of course. <laughs> and... Um, it's perfectly normal that uh, the evolution of data management lead to blockchain. Of course, of course. Because in fact, uh, blockchain is a natural stage of data management. Uh, it's just like machine learning is getting into uh, that space of, of data management. Of course, so, uh, of course, of course. So it's all about data management. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh -huh. So... Tell us about, um, I guess, when did you discover blockchain, obviously, because you, you, you are a data management professional. 
Um, blockchain is an evolution of the database. So I guess, how did you come across it? What did you think when you came across it? Well, as uh, a normal or a natural researcher, I fell upon uh, block, the blockchain technology or the distributed ledger technology right. about three years ago. Uh, uh, but m more so as an investment than uh, uh, an actual technology for me to, to manipulate and use. Right. Um, so as I got excited about investing in uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and other um, tokens, uh, I, I, I fell upon this, the, 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 the platform that supports those, uh, those tokens. Right. That's exactly what we do. The right. only thing is that uh, uh, this is a, a more a sustainable form of data management of sort. Sure. Since, um, you know, for the past 10 years, uh, uh, databases have been the subject of hacking and uh, security issues. Uh, disputed ledger technology seem right. to have um, brought up on some... Uh, uh, strength as far as security is concerned sure, uh, sure. of the database. Uh, so we, we, we dive into uh, the technology to uh, and understand it better. And now we are really passionate about uh, DLT, which oh. is distributed ledger technology. That's great. That's great. So obviously, um, you know, from your background and, 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 and your new interest, um, Haiti is of interest for you, right? So what, I guess, when did you think, when did you, what about it do you think is applicable to Haiti? Um, and, you know, I think you have a lot of views on this, so we can kind of go into different subjects. But I guess what was the first moment you, was it as soon as you heard about Bitcoin, you said, hey, this could be something I could use to send money back home, or what was it? Yes, uh, indeed, as we were trading Right. Uh, tokens, <laughs> sure. Bitcoins and Ethereum and Litecoins, uh, not to uh, just to name a few. We thought that 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 technology uh, could certainly help as far as remittances is concerned. Sure. Uh, quick transfers, because as a business person that does business both in the U.S. and Haiti, sometimes we have to transfer relatively large amounts of money and it takes time it takes days before those monies get get into the right accounts and with all the, the the pressure that brings in terms of will it get to the actual uh, account that uh, we send it to and things of that nature right uh, so that that was uh, an enlightening uh, uh, sort of it, it brought some light into our business, international business. Of course, of course, beautiful. Before yeah. we kind of get into the details, um, I'm going to ask you to do something that may be hard for you to do within a few minutes, um, but we'll try our best, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously Haiti um, become became top of mind again for a lot of the world um, uh, about nine and a half years ago at the, during the earthquake, and there's been a lot of things that have gone on since then, and it seemed over the past few years that Haiti was turning a corner and becoming much improved, right? And then, you know, now this year, people have seen a lot of unrest. Um, you know, the city shut down, a lot of 
uh, burnt tires, stuff like that. Um, is it, I don't know if it's overblown and that was just a mi- minor moment or like, what, what, I guess for people that don't know much about Haiti or what's going on right now, what, what's going on right now if they just saw on CNN some protests r- lately? Well, I, I, it's a long subject. Sure. <laughs> However, I'll put it simply. Sure. Uh, in order to shorten uh, 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 what's going on right now. Sure. The, the, the key word, the operative word is trust here. Right. And trust goes very well with blockchain. Of course. Because, you know, the, 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 the technology uh, lying on the blockchain is about trust. Of course. Right? Uh, and, and the problem in Haiti right now is a trust issue between those that govern and the, those that are being governed. Sure. Uh, uh, and it's based upon uh, actions that people have, uh, you know, done uh, uh, towards others, which create the mistrust factor. Sure. And, and which leads to protest. Uh, very often, uh, I would say, rightfully so. Okay. Um, so it's a problem that uh, will not be resolved until, you know, some form of trust is brought upon uh, people among themselves. Sure, sure. So it's a trust issue. Sure. The people are protesting because they feel that uh, the ones that are governing are, you know, not acting on their behalf. Sure, but sure. But acting on behalf of themselves right. so they never trust uh, uh, you know the other one that, that they've the ones that they've delegated uh, of course. their votes uh, to sure uh, so until there is a mechanism that's put in place to bring people together and that's trust uh, they will continue to be protest and uh, wanting to change uh, government mid-course right. things of that nature. So it's a trust factor. So if somehow we can use distributed ledger technology to take some of the trust issue out of the human right. factor, right. I think there is a lot uh, that could be resolved just there. Sometimes people say, well, technology... Uh, does not solve issues. It depends on how you use technology. Of course, of course. And if technology can touch directly the area of trust in Haiti, and I would say in a lot of the emerging countries that have yet to be fully developed, I believe that people uh, that should be receiving uh, their benefits will feel more comfortable of in, course in terms of uh, uh the governance sure sure no that makes sense that makes sense i mean on that point this is a perfect segue because you um you know you you just wrote a a, a long blog post around um crypto in haiti how crypto could help haiti and obviously you just you just illustrated a bit of it now so i guess what's your full vision for using crypto in haiti or blockchain in haiti i, I think it has many facets but I guess we could start with the top vision and we could kind of go to the different use cases. Yes. Um, as you well know, um, cryptocurrency started on uh, the premise that 
somehow twist again because right. after the crash of 2008, of uh, people felt that uh, they were abused by financial institutions right. and institutions in general. So they decided why couldn't we work peer to peer and somehow run our own governance or financial governance of sure. So it's not just Haiti. The trust factor is extremely important in human life uh, in general. Um, so uh, uh, as, as I looked at Bitcoin at the time and, and the other uh, currencies, I, I thought that somehow that could be brought to that society and, and have people start using uh, uh, such platform to exchange Right. and not necessarily have to use the uh, fiat currency. Right. Uh, but as I moved along and, and um, somehow felt the, the resistance as far as uh, uh, the society uh, buying into uh, the usage of, of such uh, currency, I, I did some research and found that even the IMF, uh, Christine Lagarde, uh, the director of IMF, is currently promoting uh, the fact that central banks uh, worldwide should start thinking about using cryptocurrency. Of course. Uh, you know, and, and that, again, will... It, it's a, 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 it disforms somehow the way that the, the, the Bitcoin or the, the blockchain... Uh, the cryptocurrency world started because if you are talking about central banks issuing a cryptocurrency, right. it centralizes, right. uh, you know, the thing <laughs> again, which sure. goes against uh, the way that thing started. However, right. I, I think it's much better than not having it at all. I agree. I so agree. I went into researching the area of having a central bank, in of the course. case of Haiti, right. having the central bank issuing its own uh, crypto good, because right. good is the denomination of the Haitian currency. Sure. Uh, and, and that in itself would be quite different than the social movement around cryptocurrency. Right. However, it would put some order in the world of the Haitian currency, which loses value every month or so. Of course, of course. Vis-à-vis uh, 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 -vis the dollar. Of course. Uh, however, if somehow you can insert uh, a cryptocurrency, at least to replace the e-money that's floating around, because transfers are electronic monies, um, uh, mobile payments are electronic, Money, the credit cards and the debit cards that are being used. So all that electronic money uh, space is floating without the control or at least the acknowledgement of the central bank. Right. So if somehow central bank can say, well, I have a set amount of cryptocurrency that will occupy that electronic money space. So right. we'll keep our, you know, fiat stuff right. there, but at least that electronic space will put some value into it right. so that I, in my monetary uh, policy, 
I can say this is how much value my country has. It, in fact, it would immediately uh, enlarge uh, the, 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 the amount of, of money that the country uh, uh, transact upon. Right, right, right. No, it makes you sense. See I, you see what I'm saying? Sure, so sure. That, that electronic space. So, so my idea of issuing a digital good would be to occupy that electronic money space. That's occupying a good 20-25% of transactions taking place right now in the country. Got it. However, it would be interoperable because it's one currency, so you right. don't have Visa, you have a MasterCard, then you have mobile payment by Digicel, right. and I think Natcom has uh, you know, its, own, its own thing, and I think uh, the National Bank of Credit has one called L'Argent Cash. So you have four or five private right. e floating around. They are not interoperable, right. and they are not necessarily secure because they are not on a distributed ledger. Right, right. So all of those things, accuracy, the capability of reporting, accountability, uh, auditability, and all of that would come with the issuance of a, a central bank-issued uh, uh, digital currency. Wow, wow. No, that's incredible. And do you, I guess... And let me just sure. add to it. Uh, uh, one of the weaknesses and the strength of the country is that the diaspora, the, the Haitians living abroad, they transfer approximately $4 billion a year right. worth of money to their parents, etc. Sure. What if instead of just transferring right. uh, to Western Union, etc., they purchased that digital good right. on a portal, of course. right? And, and and have the Haitian receive that digital good right. on their app of some sort. And so you would have $4 billion <laughs> accounted right. for. Right. First of all, the, the transfer fees that are enormous right, would right. be quasi-eliminated. Right. So the country would save easily. I can say within that uh, $4 billion worth of transfer, there is easily between two to three hundred million dollars of transfer fees that is you know revenue for western union and for, money grant. Uh, yeah those companies yeah. so that that's quite a chunk of, of of money that perhaps the population could use of course <laughs> you know that, that that goes to to the coffers of of some of those companies and in addition that would all of a sudden give value to the good because you would have a, a network of two to three million dollars, two to three million people worldwide supporting that network. And as of an course. expert in, in the token world, you know the value of a token is, is uh, uh, based upon the number of people that are trading with with that uh, with that token or of that course. currency. So the good itself would gain value because it has something that is supported by millions of people. Of so not only would it be a utility or some type of currency, but it could also serve as a form of security right. because of the fact that it, it can be put on an exchange of platform course. or several exchange platforms right. and get value because people see that 
it is a real token that is really being used by real people buying real things right. etc right wow so what I, I guess at the point if the central bank is issuing it and the central bank does things like monetary policy right you know they add supply and things of that sort um would they just relinquish all of that and they like you know how bitcoin only has 21 million and that's all all that's going to always be created for what you're saying to make sense the central bank can't just create their own new digit um crypto good as they please or do you think they they would still do their normal banking activities on top of this cryptocurrency oh, well they would continue to do whatever they are doing today which right. is being the banks of banks of course they, they don't do transactions right so they would just be the the wholesaler okay. of that crypto good wow. and the crypto good they would have to when they first issue those crypto goods they would have a set amount of it so that it, it's not something that every couple of months or so they issue more of it uh, okay. because it would lose value in that sense exactly. but they could make a calculation of well over the next 10 years you know there will be so much usage because we can see you know how much electronic money is being transacted over sure, time sure. so they would have some statistics of what that uh, supply of money should be of course of course and and, and, and add a little bit on top of it so that there is space for people to to keep buying uh, one of the savings of uh, issuing e-currency as well is the notion of seniorage okay seniorage is the money that you pay to have your money printed right in the world of banking or central banking right that's the the, the you know global word for it is seniorage of you course. pay a, a, a british company to print so many dollars and to to issue coins those um, sure. metal coins for you right and, and so you pay that company to sure. have it uh, you know cannot be falsified blah 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 but you know that yeah. it's, it's false. In, in fact, anyway. in the U.S., the penny it costs more to make a penny than the penny is worth, right? <laughs> so that's seniorage, right? There. Right. So if somehow you issue digital currency in lieu of coins or or some paper money, right? You save in it just in, in in that transaction. Of course, of course. No, that's that's interesting. That's a good point. That's a good point. And then you you know you reduce the risk of uh, of counterfeit, all type of things. Exactly. Um, so I guess I see how it can help the system. Do you see it eventually helping the people on the ground? I know obviously we talked about the um, remittance portion, but do you see like an everyday person, like let's say an artisan that lives in Jacmel that sells art on the side of the road? Do you see that person selling their art? Um, I see some. You have some beautiful Haitian art behind you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you see them selling some of that art uh, in in for this crypto? Absolutely, because right, uh, uh, an artisan comes to do some plumbing work or maybe some artwork. He gets paid uh, through a platform called Moncash. Ah, uh, okay. Which you know was uh, generated or developed by the the major. Uh, 
telecom company, Digicel. Right. Uh, and so we, I send him money peer to peer via more cash. Right. So it can be done with the guy in Jacmel or in Lekai uh, via more cash. And really, the population is currently using more cash. Right. The only thing I would say is that more cash is not, you know, the, 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 the currency is not controlled by the central bank. So the central bank doesn't have an idea of the monetary uh, sure. uh, space that this electronic money occupies, first of all. Sure. Plus, eventually, that um, more cash hasn't been hacked yet. Right. <laughs> you know, things of that nature. Plus, uh, the more cash part, somehow the guy in Jack Mel, he has to find a digital little office right. to go to a more cash counter if he needs the actual cash. Right. Yeah, this is uh, like M-Pesa in Kenya. Same kind of model. Right. Well, right. well at least M-Pesa, they, they just keep moving around without having to want to acquire the Pesa in itself right. because of the uh, adoption of the Kenyan people uh, of that the M-Pesa. They never have the, the, the need to, to uh, convert their M-Pesa into Pesa because everyone is using M-Pesa. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but right now, the more cash situation is one whereby the guy, once he receives that uh, that uh, electronic money, he is immediately looking all over the place for a more cash office to get, to get real money for cash. It. Right. Uh, and that, that's not very efficient because it, it eventually some insecurity issues when he gets the cash. Somebody might kidnap him and all that good stuff. Right, right, right. And uh, keeping everything digital um, helps manage that. Correct. Awesome. Correct. And yeah. do you think electricity is a concern, right? You know, people, you know, blackout and you can't use your phone to get your, you know, your digital good or anything like that? Or do you think that that's not a big challenge? That's not a big challenge because... The Haitian people have gotten so addicted to smartphones right. that somehow, somewhere, they always find a way to get some juice. Of course. So that's like uh, when, when this artisan comes to my house, the first thing he does is plug his smartphone so that he goes to work. And right. at the end, he picks up his phone and it's full of juice. Right, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? So uh, I, I find all of them f find a way to get juice. Or there is a guy, uh, you know, of the street that is selling electricity. I, I don't know how right, he does right, it. Right, right, right. You know, maybe he has a little inverter under his box. That's and it. And he has, uh, you know, those plugs. People come in, you pay one or two goods. Right. Because you got some juice and, you know, uh, they find a way to, to take care of that part. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Let's pivot a bit. I, get, I, I, I see the vision and I can see how it can help the people. It can help the system and it help the country. Do you think there's any other blockchain uses in Haiti? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Because I would say, well, you know, getting out of the currency uh, concept, uh, uh, using the Ethereum ERC20 uh, platform, you have access to smart contracts. Right. And that, you know, smart contracts, contract is something that you say you will do, 
and somebody will receive the service that you promised right. and you effectively pay for it. Of course. Well, you know, in all walks of Haitian life, somebody always ends up protesting and not agreeing or right. not delivering. And that's what happens at the state level. Right. And it happens between people as well. That's why uh, at the beginning we talked about the the mistrust factor that's creating yes. that uh, friction in the society. Right. So if somehow through smart contracts for anything or right. most things that people are doing, that it could be entered into a smart contract, you know, people would deliver in order to get paid and right. they would, you know, the person that received the good or the service would acknowledge that they received it before the other person gets paid. Right. You know, we, we take out the emotions that I told you this, or you are my right, friend, right. and all that, you know, you are a good friend of so-and-so, this is right. my cousin. So too many uh, emotions are added to normal day-to-day -day transactions. Right, right, right. right. So uh, in the smart contracts uh, area, uh, you know, you have autonomy. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have to rely, in fact, uh, on a broker or a, a lawyer or a notary because right. very often frictions and conflict, you know, go through those intermediaries. Right. So if electronic smart contract can take care of those things, you know, it's a transparent, clean transaction, less costly because you don't have to pay the lawyer or the notary and pretend right. certain things, you know. Sure. Uh, so you, 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 the, the trust factor gets on board immediately because it's encrypted and it's on a shared ledger. So right. everyone can see what happened. Right, Was right. the service delivered? Did you get paid? Etc. Etc. Then you have uh, the, the backup factor. All documents are duplicated in several systems. Right, that's, right. Uh, that's the blockchain factor. Right. Then you have the safety, yeah, the speed so, of transaction. Sorry to interrupt. The, doc the document being revocated is huge because I remember after the earthquake, you know, right. a lot of people's land documents yes. were ruined and nobody yeah. knew how to do anything afterwards. Who owned what? What was going on? So I could see blockchain. If you put like the land title records on the Correct. blockchain, um, and you know, God forbid, there's another, you know, natural disaster that would have happened. Correct. Right. So that's uh, uh, land titles is a very important uh, application, uh, a, a blockchain application that Haiti needs because a lot of the conflicts are based on land discussions. Okay. And people fighting with one another about titles, right. because titles get generated by different intermediaries, sure. and uh, you know you, it creates uh, major uh, conflicts. So land titles is a, a, a good uh, uh, application. Identity management, uh, right. you know, people's uh, uh, identity, national identity card uh, get. Uh, tempered into very often, right. especially at voter registration times, etc., etc. Right. Uh, so that's another area where you could have a strong identification of everyone. 
So you don't have to be an, an intellectual to have a good uh, identification card uh, in the country. Health records is a, a, an important area also. Right, right. So let's say that you had diabetes and you were being uh, cared for uh, in Port-au-Prince, but all of a sudden you go and live in Jacmel. Right. Well, you know, the new doctor in Jacmel, he starts from scratch. He doesn't know that you had diabetes. Right, right. And let's say that you're not a person that's very conscious about you know, your health records, right. you say two things, but you had really five issues. Right, well, right. he starts giving you medication on the other three issues that you shouldn't have been taking medications for and things right, of that nature. Right. So you have people die, actually, over medications that they take yeah. and they should do all of that. Medications because, that shouldn't mix with each other, right? Yes, so the, the health record should have been transferred over or accessed to by... Uh, everyone, and it's the same health record. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that kind of thing. No, that's super powerful. Super powerful. And the other thing is uh, business registration, for right. example. Why should that? Uh, you know, it takes six months for a, a business to be created in that country because of red tape, of this notary says this, and the lawyer says that, and the Ministry of Commerce. It takes you six months. So that's why Haiti is listed among the worst in terms of places to do business, yeah. just because of the registration process. Right, right. Plus, the name of the business can be tempered into that centralized database uh, because somebody wants to put the name of your business uh, uh, when they are doing something right. uh, wrong. And if we had the time, I would give you an example of, of some uh, horror stories about names of business that people add a comma to sure. or add, uh, you know, an, an okay. additional letter. <laughs> do you, can you, do you have one story you can share maybe? Or, uh, I know yes. you, yes, this is just yes. one. And then we yes. could, we could talk about the other ones <laughs> maybe another time. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was a major firm that uh, provided, uh, you know, port types of services. Sure. Uh, you know, unloading and offloading of, right, right, right. of containers on, on a boat. Um, and, and you have uh, the uh, Port Authority, sure. you know, the National Port Authority, that, um, you know, gets uh, paid for using the ports, etc., etc. Of course. Well, there is a, a, a group, like an organized crime, that put itself on both sides of those two entities... And somehow, the port services company was issuing checks to APN, which is the Autorité Portuaire Nationale, right. the, port, the National Port Authority. Right. Well, somehow, they, those guys created an entity called APNI. So oh, they boy. added an I next to it. And it's a real story. Uh, and do, every check that was issued by that company to the port authority, they added the eye to it. And those guys actually sifted through $11 million US <laughs> <laughs> doing just that. That's crazy. That's an extraordinary story. Uh, and, what, that, and this is this is recently? This is the 90s? When was this? This is uh, 
around 2009, 2010, that was a corruption story because the people were identified. Some of them flew to Miami when right. they knew that uh, things were about to happen. Right. And to tell you the truth, nothing happened. Right. So, so do were the mistress of the population vis-a-vis -vis <laughs> the government because how can you have such a case right. that was documented and, and submitted to the justice system and somehow it ended up in some type of a drawer? And nothing uh, happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. Well, it, through the blockchain, that would not have happened because those permits would have gone through a ledger, sure. a distributed ledger. So everyone would have access to whether the permit uh, was received sure. and the service was provided, right. and it would still be there, transparent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow, wow. I mean, I think this is so powerful because, you know, you know, the U.S., obviously, I see blockchain as a nice-to-have, whereas uh, Haiti is a must-have, and you just right. illustrated why, you know, places like Haiti need it. Um Listen, we could I could have you here forever, but this is a I know you're you're a busy man. Um, really appreciate you spending time with us this morning um, and sharing let, your vision. Let me give you one additional sure. application because that would be a, you know we would miss that part. Okay. Uh, one of the problems of of the larger population at large here in Haiti is access to funds. Right. To develop their businesses. Of course. Yeah. And the banks are just awful as far as uh, interest rates and 22%. Right. And they have to know uh, the person. So emotions uh, get involved as of far course. as even getting a loan. Uh, the notion of crowdfunding, which we have in the U.S., and you know of the Jobs Act, and right. that's the way that the whole uh, initial coin offering right. uh, and now... You have the security tokens offering, right. which which is uh, taking over the ICO world. Sure. Uh, so, so in fact, an investment is really a security of right. some. So, just imagine if if we could do what we call asset tokenization. Okay. So, a guy who has a building is had it, or his dad left it uh, for him as a form of heritage, right. but he, he doesn't do much with it. Right. Right. What if he could do a security token offering right. and have different people own a little piece of that building right. and all of a sudden he has enough funds to refurbish the building, make it operational and right. have a real business out of that building. Right. I just you know, gave you a simple um, example of yeah. how crowdfunding could, could help applied. somebody that did not know what to do. But you have to do all of that on the ledger so right. that even the diaspora could feel confident right. in investing in that building because it's transparent. It, people are not sure. going to start doing hanky-panky stuff with your investment. So it becomes a, a form of security. Right. And all of a sudden, you would have had two or three million people from the diaspora that you know have the means today right. uh, to integrate the economy. Right. No. I just add that to no me. no i love it i love it that's that's huge i mean you know haiti's been living off of uh non-profits and ngos it's time for us to do for ourselves and so blockchain could help that happen um, 
So I love it. I love it. We we can have you here even longer. I'm sure you have more I, visions. No, no, I can. But, yeah, no, you know. no, no. But uh, I want to respect your time, and uh, you know, maybe we'll have another episode. But if people want to uh, follow you, get in touch with you, maybe help with this vision, where should they go? How should they find you? Uh, I, I'm still in the antiquity space because. I'm not writing this on Twitter sure, or sure. Facebook or anything like that. Well, so. well, well um, you know, China put it on Medium, so um, okay. and uh, you know, I'll, uh, are you are you on LinkedIn or? Oh, they can follow China. Actually, all right. So China <laughs> is mentor. exactly. So uh, you know, China is is, is Daniel's uh, daughter, and and she she and, and and Daniel's other daughter are very involved in in trying to reinvigorate Haiti and and, and kind of make it um, uh, have a bright future. And so um, I'm going to link up to their Twitter accounts um, and, and and Daniel's profile as well. And so you can reach out to the whole family because the whole family has the same vision to make Haiti a better place. Um, so thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Fritz, for having me. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers. And it's a wrap for this episode of the Coin Gamma Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please share it out with members of your network, friends, family, associates. And most importantly, please leave a review on your podcast listening platform, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. That really helps the podcast out. It helps us get more exposure and share our content with more people. And don't forget, we're available to help you out with your blockchain-related projects. Just reach out, coingamma.com. Until next time.